Hey everybody, welcome to Finding Japan, episode 50. Well, 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 happy holidays, happy new year to you all. Today is Sunday, January 6th, and I've just arrived back home. I'm not even unpacked yet, and I have the recorder out. How are you all doing? I hope you had excellent holidays. I hope everything went well with your families, your loved ones, and your friends. Ah, wow, so much to talk about. I think I'm just going to get right into it. I, um, I just returned to Tokyo today, and um, in fact, I just arrived a few moments ago, and if the uh, clock here is right, it says it's exactly 6 o'clock p.m., so... What that means is essentially uh, I have been up for the last 23 hours. Um, I left Boston Logan at 7 a.m., um, but I had to get up at about 5.30 a.m. in order to do so. Um, me and my fiancé stayed at a hotel right next to Logan uh, for the second time, which is actually really good because you can kind of sleep in, and uh, they have a little pedestrian bridge. You can go right into the airport. But... Um, so that would be, seeing that it's about 5, what is it? No, it's 4 a.m. right now. So yeah, about 22 and a half hours I've been up directly. So if this starts to not make much sense, I apologize. But I wanted to kick off the year right and do something as soon as I got right back into Tokyo. Uh, I thought it would be a little fitting. Um, I guess the first thing... Well, you know, I want to do a, a few things. I wanted to talk a little bit about my impressions uh, on going back to the States after having been in Japan for the past nine months and not leaving the country. I also wanted to talk about uh, my impressions on coming back into Japan because I had just as many ahas as I did uh, or leaving as I did uh, coming back. So, and um, I got a few topics here that I just want to jump in. So, without any further ado, let's go. You guys may hear the levels move around and all that great stuff. I'm gonna compress this later so it sounds a lot better, but. Um, I'm in the process of unpacking, and I'm going to do this at the same time while I'm unpacking here. My approach to unpacking is to just get everything out of the suitcases, put the suitcases away, and then put the things away. Um, just kind of works out a little better that way. I've got some new toys after coming back from Christmas here. I have a copy of OS 10.5 Leopard which I'm looking forward to uh, putting in. And actually, the one of the main reasons why I need to put this in is because apparently uh, boot camp won't work. Um, it won't affect your existing partition, but the, uh, the beta software actually expires the end of 2007. So if you're a boot camp user and you're still using that, uh, heads up on that. I'm feeling a little dizzy. <clears throat> feel like a night out oh you're in my shower <laughs> i feel like a night out on the 
Tachinomi when I do one of those all-nighters, except uh, I don't have the uh, the uh, happy feelings from, from drinking all night, which is probably a good thing because tomorrow I do have to head into work. Um, but yeah, I have uh, I have uh, Leopard now, and I also have um, Logic Studio 8, which I've been meaning to get, and my family purchased that for me, which was awesome. And um, what else do I have? Oh, and I also have the 16 gigabyte iPod Touch, which uh, hasn't had any music on it since I've received it over the holidays. So I'm looking forward to syncing that up to the laptop a little later. Right now, iTunes is kind of just updating and catching all the new podcasts and everything. Being gone for two weeks, I, I'm completely behind the ball. I've uh, gone through my email briefly, but I haven't even checked out what else is going on with everybody else. Uh, so I, I will be doing that throughout the week. So if you sent me an email and I haven't responded yet, or if you posted a comment, um, look for a response sometime later this week. Okay. So kind of have most of everything unpacked here. I was able to bring some beef jerky in to the, uh, the country here, which I, I think is actually not allowed, but I, I know it's not going to do any harm since it's, you know, it's dead meat and it's cured. Um, oh, I also have the Orange Box, which is a great set of video games. It has Half-Life 2, Team Fortress 2, this game called Portal, and all the original Half-Lifes as well. So, looking forward to that. And let's see what else. I got a few great books. I got an awesome book called This Is Your Brain on Music, The Science of a Human Obsession. And it talks about music and the way the brain processes music, which um, I'm really into science and I love music. It's been the perfect book. I think I blew through about half of it already, most of it on the plane. So speaking of planes, I want to talk about Continental because if you fly out to Japan, you need to know something about Continental. When I came out to Japan, Continental had that um, in-movie or in-flight entertainment thing going on. And they had the uh, the six-hour loop. I think it's a six-hour loop. Maybe it's a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour loop. And they have, I think, eight different channels. Seven, if, if you don't count the one that shows you where you are on the map. But yeah, so you have, you know, they had that sort of system. And coming over and leaving from Japan, um, my fiance had said that um, she found that system very annoying because the movies weren't very good and she was kind of upset with the just the quality of the movies and everything, which, I, you know, I can't blame her. I, I've certainly been in that situation as well. So what I did is I stocked up on um, movies. I have a... Uh, personal or personal media player it's the arcos pma 400 it's like a 30 gig hard drive and you can just stick movies on it so i put a bunch of movies on it but um my flight from tokyo to new jersey had the most amazing in-flight entertainment system i think they had 380 movies on demand um including all the harry potters all lord of the rings um everything you could ever want and there were maybe about oh god there had to be about 30 movies that I had been meaning to see, uh, one of which was the Simpsons movie, which I was able to catch on the plane. That was that was just awesome to be able to see that on the plane. Um, 
But I was totally impressed, so impressed, I said, you know, I, I don't even really need my PMA anymore. So I packed up my PMA and I put it in my check-in luggage. And wouldn't you know, I, I caught one of the flights that doesn't have the upgraded in-flight entertainment system here on the way back. So I was without movies. But I think that was probably a good thing because it did let me read that book a little more and uh, kind of get a little bit of sleep in before arriving here in Tokyo. Um, what else? I, I actually took some notes here. Um, I did the <laughs> the ritual of dragging my luggage through the streets of Tokyo, which is a pain in the ass. I think some people would rather take a cab, but um, I sort of have this, this ritual down that I, I kind of enjoy. Um, when I first came to Tokyo, I would always take the Narita Express, to Tokyo. And, and for those of you who haven't been to Tokyo or, or Japan at all yet, let me explain. Um, if you buy a ticket to Tokyo, you will fly into Narita Airport. Narita Airport is not the airport closest to Tokyo. That airport is, uh, what is that, Haneda, I think? And, um, you know, it always cracks me up because in the Kill Bill movie, where the character flies into Tokyo and she's like flying over and looking at the buildings. It's nothing like flying into Tokyo. Uh, you basically fly over the countryside, a bunch of rice paddies, and you land in this big open field. And then you have to take trains into Tokyo. Um, the good news is, is there's many different ways to get into Tokyo, and they're all fairly quick and uh, relatively cheap. Um, but when I'd first come into Tokyo, I would always take the... Uh, the Narita Express, which goes right into Tokyo Station. Hold on a second, we're going to get a drink of water here. Okay, I've just been so thirsty since I got off the plane. In fact, we're going to go for a little walk over to the convenience store. Maybe you can catch the guy knocking on wood blocks next door. Hold on. I, I haven't done dishes yet, so I'm drinking water out of a bowl. I feel like a dog. Mm. That is refreshing, though. Okay. Um, but I did a little more research in terms of just coming to Japan or coming to Tokyo from the airport, and there's a great line called the uh, Keisei Skyliner, and that goes from Ueno Station directly to Narita back and forth. And that is actually perfect for me because I take the Oedo line to get to my apartment. So there is a stop um, in the Oedo line um, there in Ueno. Let me repeat that. Oedo line in Ueno. So it, it can get a little confusing there. Um, but you have to walk through this pretty busy kind of downtown area. It has a bunch of lights. It's kind of nice. So I always enjoy dragging my luggage through that area. It's kind of kind of fun. It kind of reminds me that I'm back in Japan. And speaking of being back in Japan, um, for the second time ever, I was able to see Mount Fuji from the train on the way to Tokyo. And it was incredible because we arrived just as the sun was setting. And this, I caught a full sunset on my way from Narita to uh, Ueno, and uh, I caught that full sort of like orange glow sky. And in the background, you could see the huge Mount Fuji. And it was just 
perfectly cone-shaped. It was incredible. You don't get to see Mount Fuji from Tokyo that often, so when you do, it's kind of a treat. But very quickly, the realities of urban life in Japan stepped in, and all of a sudden, this beautiful view of Mount Fuji was quickly occluded by multiple concrete skyscrapers. So it was kind of a bummer in that respect, but uh, it was nice to be able to see Mount Fuji on my first day back in Japan. And the weather here is incredible. I I haven't looked it up on the on the uh, weather thing here yet, but it feels like it's in the 50s. It must be. Um, let's see right now. I'm pulling it up now to see what what it is. 12 degrees Celsius. I heard it was in it was 14 degrees Celsius when we arrived. And now I have the windows open in the apartment and it's just oh, it's just gorgeous out. It's a big difference from where I was. I spent most of my holidays in Connecticut and New Hampshire, and uh, both of those places were extremely cold um, compared to what we're used to here in Tokyo. But again, um, in those areas, the summers don't get quite as hot as it does here in Tokyo, so I guess guess it's all a trade-off. But um, it was nice to come back to the weather come back to the convenience of riding trains and not having to drive everywhere and to come back to, I don't know, the nice side of Mount Fuji and uh, my apartment and my bed, (laughs) which is covered with clothes right now. Uh, But okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, impressions on leaving and uh, impressions on coming back. But um, before we do that, let me uh, grab my coat and put it on here, and I'm going to put the recorder down for a moment. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. So my impressions of going back to the states it's it's hard to believe that it's that it had been uh about 9 months since I had left according to this calendar thing today is 296 days since I've been in Japan but um I think that would have made it what about 280 or so that uh, I'd been in Japan before I left so that's quite a while I think um, but the one thing that I noticed uh, immediately, and I had mentioned this before in another podcast, in fact, one of the early ones when I was here on vacation before I had actually lived in Japan, um, was the difference in service. Japanese service is really consistent, and it's really friendly. Um, service in the U.S., not so much, and it appears to be getting worse and perhaps it's the places that I've gone to, but um, I, I I wasn't impressed. Um, one of the things that uh, really bothered me is I, I went into Supercuts to go get my haircut. Supercuts is a chain of cheap haircutting places, but uh, I can't really say cheap compared to Japan now. I think it cost me about $14, $15 with, it was a $12 haircut plus $3 tip, so about to get my hair cut back in the States. And uh, I walked in, and I stand up at the counter, and the woman behind just says, doesn't even look at me, just says, hey, 
and I was taken back. I'm like, hey, <laughs> can I get a haircut? You know, um, it just, it was different. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, you know, I wasn't quite used to it. And um, also just not making any eye contact with people when you go to, say, a fast food restaurant. They take your order and they don't even say thanks or they don't even say, may I help you? They just kind of look at you and say, what do you want? And then they kind of hum and haw and huff and puff like they don't really like working there. I mean, I can't blame them. Not many people really like working at fast food restaurants, but, you know, at least put some sort of pride into your job. I mean, a job's a job, but still, you know, I don't know. It just, it's just different and uh, something that I really, I I was aware of, but it's just one of those things that becomes such a emphasis point when you 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 don't experience it for a period of time and then you go back to it and you, you kind of see how it's different um the other thing is that um the politeness in the united states is a little different i, I think people in the united states are just as polite but it's a little different um I'm more used to people following the rules. So if there's a line on the ground, you won't see people, or here in Japan, if there's a line on the ground that says stand here, people will stand there and they'll form a nice line. If it says make one line, people will make one line. Um, This is everything from getting on an airplane to waiting for your luggage to waiting at a restaurant, anything in general, really. In the United States, and then... Hold on, let me, let me kind of form this a little better. The uh, the jisa boke is kicking in. That's Japanese for uh, jet lag. Jisa, I think, is time difference. And boke means, like, um, foggy or out of focus. So um, jisa boke is sort of like fogginess, t- time difference. So it's kind of, kind of a neat way to say jet lag. Jisa boke. Anyway, um... Let me see how to put this here. In Japan, if someone sort of creates a rudeness, they will apologize quickly and briefly and just kind of be very formal about it and just say, oh, my And kind of maybe even if they're older, they may even give you that sort of like hatchet sign with their arm to kind of like cut in front of you if they're in a hurry or something. Um, so, you know, people follow the rules, but when they break them, it's kind of a little un- informal or very formal. It's just kind of a little gruff, you know. But, um, you know, in the States, people don't really follow the rules as much. It's just sort of do what you want. And, um, it, you know, that can be a little unsettling when you're kind of sitting there trying to, you know, behave socially, I guess. And then you see, you know, people sort of running around and and doing whatever they want. But on the plus side, when people do make a mistake, they they just seem a little more genuine about it. Um just they're more friendly. So, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, you know, and they'll 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 talk to you and and be friendly about it. So that's something that I missed um being in Japan so often is that when you do interact with people, it seems like it's a little more I won't say honest, but a little more open. I guess that's the right word, a little more open. So that's uh, some of the uh, things that I've noticed. Also, driving around in cars, getting into a car, getting back in, you know, getting out of a car, driving around. Um, 
and just generally like running errands. I, I was, I think it might have just been that I was so busy those two weeks back in the United States that I really didn't have much time to rest and kind of decompress. But um, it was kind of um, a bit of a hassle to have to drive in everywhere. But at the same time, um, I think the plus side of that is you're free to go anywhere you want, anytime you want, and not really have to worry about um, taking a, um, a somewhat indirect route. And also, uh, that trip to Ikea that uh, myself and my fiancé made on behalf of her sister um, was much easier to do with a car than it would have been on the train. So, uh, again, you know, another sort of contrast there that... Uh, I thought was worth pointing out. So there you go. That's some of the things I noticed going back to the States um, that I sort of forgot about. I'm sure as uh, the next week unfolds, I'll, I'll think of some other ones too, and I'll write those down and maybe put those together in a, in a round two. But um, now I kind of want to move to things that I noticed when I got back to Japan um, that I thought were quite interesting. And this is this first thing is something I hadn't seen when I first came here, and I, I found it completely amazing. Um, when you arrive in a foreign country, you know you have to go through immigration, and then you go through customs. Well, before immigration and customs in Japan, they have this health check station. And it's meant to be sort of like a disease control type of thing. So if, you, if you're sick... If you have some sort of disease or like a bad cough, they kind of want you to sort of self-check yourself into this thing so they can check you out and make sure you don't have anything really, really bad that's going to infect the entire country and take Japan down. Because that would just be bad, right? Um, but th- so I, I remember kind of that they had that on the side. But one thing they had this time that I that I'd never seen before is they had a temperature scanner. And it's basically, it looked like a... Uh, a camera that was set up on the far end of the hallway, and there was a big sign next to it said that said, we are reading your temperature. So my guess is that it was a thermal imaging camera, and they're looking at people for hot bo- people who have hot bodies, hot body temperature as they're walking um, off the uh, ramp into the immigration area. And there are two, I wouldn't say officers, but sort of health inspectors just sitting there. One of them's looking at the camera, and the other one, has uh, these pamphlets. And then next to them, there was also a sign that says, if you're from one of these following countries, you must go into the health inspection area. And I think they were mostly uh, African countries or South American countries, if I remember correctly. I should have written down the list, but I I wasn't thinking. I just wanted to get home. Um, But that, I thought, was kind of interesting. Um, another change is that now you need to have your photograph taken and you need to have your fingerprints taken when you come into Japan if you are a foreigner. Um, I was a little weary about that because I, I know the United States does that too, but being a United States citizen, we don't get exposed to that. So you get a little nervous, you know, people taking your fingerprints, especially if you haven't done anything wrong yet. It's kind of, you know, a little bit of an invasion of privacy. But the way they do it is, you know, I I thought I was going to walk out of there with ink on my fingers, but they have these electronic scanners. So there's these two pads, and it says place your index fingers here and push down. So you kind of do that and push down. And then it takes your picture um, in this little camera that you have to look into. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't show you what the picture looks like, so you don't know if you look good or bad. Um, I probably look like a terrorist right now because I haven't shaved in about four days, and I grew about another day's worth <laughs> on the flight. Um, but it was very painless, very easy to go through the whole process, and the guy was really nice about it. The other thing um, that was different this time around, too, is I have a reentry permit. So I was able to go into a different line than the standard um, foreign passport line. And I was able to get through that really quick. I think there was two people in front of me in the entire line when I showed up, which really helped. So that was good. But my luggage took about a half hour to come out. So I guess it all evens out in the end. Um, so that was some of the, the differences uh, that I noticed coming back in to Japan and that process. Um, I, I just sort of had a sense of wonderment again when I stepped on the train, though, and put my luggage down and kind of was in sort of a fog looking out the window and, and caught Mount Fuji and then immediately had it interrupted by lots of bright lights and karaoke and pachinko parlors and lots of people and the smell of food in the air and escalators and elevators everywhere and concrete it's it was just surreal it's surreal but it's it's feels good to be back and i'm looking forward to uh linda the uh the fiance i'll just i'm just gonna start calling her linda i think you guys all know who she is now um I'm looking forward to uh, Linda coming out here in February, and she'll be staying uh, with us for uh, quite a while, actually, until the end of our time here in Japan, and then uh, we'll be heading back sometime in July. But um, we have a uh, we have to leave the country actually to reset her visa. But I'm going to do a whole other show on that because I'm gathering some information on that now and going through that process. But Anyway, um, I wanted to welcome you all back to the podcast. I wanted to make sure I got an episode out quick. This will go out sometime tonight or early tomorrow morning. And um, well, that's all I can say right now. Thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to another great year of podcasting uh, with you guys and doing some fun things with some of the other Japan podcasters that are here in Japan. Also, um, I think there's some more collaborative work coming up from the uh, circle of friends here surrounding Tokyo Calling, including uh, San Nakji, who's doing a, uh, a series of interviews for his podcast, and I'm looking forward to uh, participating in that. So, San, let's get that scheduled sometime soon, okay? Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had great holidays, and uh, looking forward to bringing you some more episodes here coming up later this year but for me now um i'm going to head on over to the convenience store get a nice power drink go grab something to eat and then come back here and unpack so i will catch you all in a few days or so so stay warm and i'll talk to you all soon